Welcome back to another podcast episode of Let's Open the Bible. Thank you, listener, for joining us today. It's Gavin and it's Russ, and we're still in John 6, still talking about the miracle that is the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women and children. And uh, we, uh, we kind of left off there, uh, concluded verse 12. I alluded to verse 13. Uh, this morning, uh, I'm going to ask Gavin to lead us in prayer, and then I'm going to reread the, the text. All right, let's pray. At your earliest convenience. <laughs> when, when I get around to it. Okay. Yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this time where we can come and study uh, what you have inspired uh, these men to write down, perfectly inspired, um, sufficiently inspired, inerrantly inspired for these men to write down about your son and the work that you have done in redemptive history. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would glean good things today from this word, and it would draw us to know you more, to love you better, to worship you uh, with with a more robust and passionate worship. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, so, again, the, the passage beginning in verse 10, then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, and so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered, gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men who they had seen the sign that Jesus did said, this, tr- this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. All right, so uh, having uh, heard the command Jesus gave, gather up the fragments that none remain so that nothing is lost, uh, Gavin, it says, uh, they gathered them up and filled, filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. This uh, makes it pretty explicit. If there was any doubt about the miraculous nature, here you go. From five barley loaves and two fish, they had eaten as much as they wanted and still had 12 baskets left over. Right. I, I think that's the, why the last little part of that uh, verse is added by those who had eaten it. You could just say they, they collected all those things in, um, in the baskets, you know, 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves. You're, you're supposed to get the 12 baskets by comparison to the five. It, one is far greater than the other. Even the leftovers are greater than what was given, right? You're also to see um, leftover by those who had eaten. It's past tense. They had eaten. Uh, you're, you're to get the sense that they were full. It wasn't as if, you know, this is what was left over before some people got fed or, you know, we, we're just going to show off of what God has provided, but but there's still people left hungry. No, this is after they had eaten, after everything was left over and people had eaten all they wanted and maybe even all they could. God's provision was so uh, voluminous that 12 baskets were left over. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And you should feel that. that that's kind of uh, what this text is moving you towards, being in awe of what God can do. Um. All right, where, where do you want to go? Well, again, I, I guess the question that I ask here is, is there anything in the Old Testament that's pointing forward to where we're at here? Well, I mean, the whole Old Testament is going to speak on Jesus, but you were thinking specifically of what? Yeah, well, specifically of the, the provision and and the fact that there was 
manna from heaven, bread more, from heaven. More than sure. enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, in in the Old Testament, in the account of the manna, they got what for enough for the day. Yeah, they got enough for, for the day. The Sabbath, and they were to collect so, before. They collected, yeah, yeah, twice an right. omer for each. Right. But what's interesting, whether they gathered a lot or they gathered there was a little, enough. there was enough. Always. Yeah, that's the Which, point for forty years. Right. Pretty amazing. And then they asked for more, and then the hens, the quail. They got God more said, than they bargained for. Yeah. God said, has my hand been shortened? I mean, come on. I can do whatever I want. And But but their grumbling and complaining led them to be, yeah, they had a deluge of quail. Is that called a quaalude? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh my goodness. Are you supposed to laugh at your own? Jokes no, like I'm that? not. I it was I, the worst part is I try to keep a straight face when I say really foolish dad jokes or bad jokes or that was a bad dad joke. But anyways, I try to keep a straight face and it just slipped out all of a sudden. <laughs> all right, go you're, ahead. You're such a goober. All right. Uh, all right. So anything else we need to say there about the twelve baskets? Is there no. any symbolism in the twelve baskets? Other than just the abundance. Well, the 12, I mean, if you want to get into the 12, the number. 12 of, disciples. Of 12 disciples, government. I mean, there are a lot of things. 12 tribes say. of Israel. Right. Yeah. Two numerology. I know it's not your bag. It's not my bag. But Order. It, it is interesting. Yeah. It's it's pointing towards something, right? Yeah. I, I don't want to overdo it. I don't think we should overdo it. But yeah, there are people that would say, that would really get into that. Um, and we can get into how I, maybe even why I don't go that route, but but we'll, we'll just move on. Well, let's look at verse 14 then. Okay. Um, it's interesting that their statement is this truly, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Well, when people saw the sign, you know, these signs are to point to Jesus and they're to find their fulfillment in Christ. So this is not a bad conclusion from what they had seen, because again, they're going to go around and they're going to find him on the other side and, and they're going to, and he's going to say, Hey, you are, you're right to be here, but you're here for the food. You, you, you kind of miss the point here. It seems that they, they get the point, right? And I think this is a great gateway to what's going to happen in the rest of John six. Um, when the people saw the sign that he had done, Again, you, we, the reader, are to feel the miracle. We are to be in awe of what just happened. I think sometimes we're so used to the story, we, we skip over it and we're not impressed. It should go, we should go, wow. I mean, what a great and wonderful uh, Jehovah Jireh we, we serve. God, God the provider, we serve. An amazing God, wonderful God we serve. And it should be, we should be amazed at what just happened. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet. Deuteronomy 18, 15, the Lord, your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, Moses, like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him. You shall listen. So when this prophet comes along, you should listen to him. All right. Now here's what they follow that. This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. You sh and, and if it's the prophet, they should listen to him by the end of John six. They're all going to walk away. Yeah, John, uh, Jesus would have been fired in a church today because uh, many churches today measure success by numbers. He grew this church from 5,012 men plus women and children down to 12 men. Right. Right. And the, and so, so I think this was whittled down, but whatever followed him around and whatever was talking to him about drinking my, uh, eating my flesh and drinking my blood, that group of disciples that followed him around and were talking about that, this was just too difficult for them and they all leave. 
And Jesus looks at his disciples and said, hey, you're going to go too. That's why I wonder when it's when their statement is this true this is truly the prophet. I'm wondering um, if they're if they're not communicating the one that paves the way for the Messiah. Okay, that, it doesn't matter. It, 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 that just is what's crossed my mind. But it, the verse you you quoted there uh, that says that the one is coming, hear him um, or listen to him. It's interesting that that when uh, <clears throat> the the inner circle, who was it, uh, John and Peter, James, and John, Peter, yeah, Peter, James, and John, when when uh, Jesus was transfigured and he was speaking to to Moses, and uh, you know, God spoke to Peter, James, and John on the amount of transfiguration. Son, hear him, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so it's interesting because of the passage you read there in Exodus. Well, and then Acts when Peter is speaking in. Uh, um, Peter speaks at Solomon's portico in Acts 3. It says this, Moses said, The Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You shall listen, listen to him, whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And the, all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. And so he's going to say that all those people were talking about this prophet, and you shall listen to him, and if you don't listen to him, you're going to be destroyed from the people. There is a consequence to not listening to Jesus. And so Jesus does this miracle. They understand the miracle as a sign that says, this is the prophet, this is the Messiah, this is the long-awaited anointed one. Um, uh, and, and listen to him. And before the end of John 6, before the end of John 6, they're going to walk away. Yeah, they're not going to listen. They're going to cut themselves off. They're going to de declare themselves to be unworthy of that message. Does that mean that... Um they won't ever repent and come back? The, does that mean that they're not in heaven today? No, that does not. Okay. Many people have heard the word of God and walked out of a church before, and like Paul, they have been zealots against the church. And God, in due season, revealed himself to them, and they repented and believed. I mean, there are many people that have you know, lived absolute reprobate, rebellious lives against God, some of them even speaking against God and been broken later on in their life and turned, repented and believed, placed their trust in Christ as their only hope in this life and the life to come and been saved. What about now, those that, that uh, fell in the desert in the 40 years? Uh, yeah, they did, they did not enter into the promised land. They didn't make it. They didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. They did not enter because of their disbelief. They did not enter because of, the, of their disobedience. Caleb and Joshua did. Right. But Moses did. Moses did not enter into the promised no. land. But in, would he be in heaven? Would yes. Would he say he's in heaven? Yes. Because yes. it wasn't a faith issue. It wasn't disbelief. It was rebellion. Right. And, and, and again, every type and shadow has its limitations. Yeah, yeah. So you know, those that, that didn't die in Cana, uh, that didn't die in the actual promised land, doesn't mean like, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are all buried there, but they didn't die in the promised land. Well, it was no lack of faith on their right, part. Right, right. So, so again, the, the types and shadows have their limitation. If you don't physically die in the promised land, does not mean in the Old Testament that you are not a child of God. So, so back to verse 14, they're okay at this point. Um, they recognize this is truly the prophet who's coming to the world. Right, but, why, but they're not going to listen to him. Yeah, not but in this you and season, I know that. Not in this season of their life. But in this moment, they don't know that. Yeah, right. 
And I, I think maybe the application that we could take from, from that is that there are some people that see God do something in their life uh, because every good and perfect gift is, is from God, Father of lights, from, it's from above. They see God do something good in their life. They, they understand that it's good in their life and they commit themselves to a God that isn't. You know, they, they, oh, I'll follow him anywhere. And you see them walk away from quote unquote the faith. They never really had faith in God, the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament, the God of the, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the only the one true and living God. They never really placed their trust in him. They they placed their trust in his provisions, in the bread, in the new car, in the being free from cancer. Well, let let's let's turn there. Maybe well, the, the parable of the soils. Yep, I was just going to go there. Yeah. Matthew 13. The cares and concerns of this world uh, choked out the word. Well, the cares and concerns that choked out the world, or the word, was when Jesus got weird on them. Right. Their, their, um, their perception of what he was saying. They didn't get the analogy or metaphor that he was making with his body and his blood. Um. Right, but I would say that there it's not just the cares of this world. It's lack of understanding right. that'll choke it out. There's it's no all root. the things of, of Matthew Matthew 13. Yeah, yeah. That that it takes root for a second but not real root, but it's that you didn't understand it. You didn't really understand the message, so you were it's misplaced faith. So this is what I said Sunday. Um, when people are led to believe that this is the problem with the prosperity gospel, that if they have enough faith, uh, God will bless them with riches. Well, when they come to Jesus with that background, they're not interested in Jesus. They're interested in what Jesus can do. I've heard many believers talk about It's not about, even Jesus can do. I love that. I know what you're saying, and I yeah, agree, yeah. and I'm not trying to be nitpicky, but but just maybe for the sake of application. It's it's some it's some Barney in the sky. Whatever that right. Barney in the sky can give them. It, it's not even the Jesus of Scripture that they're, that they're right. hoping gives them money. They want the gift. They yeah. don't want the giver. They don't even know the giver. So yeah. I, yes. hear, I hear... People that have been believers, I'm using air quotes because I don't know. That's between them and the, the listener Lord. audience knows that that you're using air quotes. Yeah, little rabbit ears. Um, who they talk about heaven as if the best part of heaven is the family reunion. Amen. And I'm like, okay, is that why you're a believer? Is that the only reason why you profess to be a Christian is because you don't want to miss out on the family reunion? I have talked to people, yes, that would say yes. Yeah. I don't. They I, my mama's going to be there, and I, I don't. If she's going to be there, I need to be there. Yeah. If my mama's going to be there, I need to be there. Or uh, you've heard this probably from some folks that are led to believe that, um, I'll just, just accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and your life will be so much easier. And so they come to come to Jesus again, air quotes, uh, for the easier life, which you and I both know that the walk of of the believer of a true follower of Christ is harder, not easier. Again, if, if you're coming to Jesus for any other reason than for Jesus, then you've missed the point. Right. So, so I, I've said this before. If somebody goes, well, I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to trust in Jesus. Well, I don't even understand really who that Jesus is, but I don't want to go to hell. So hell scares me. I think hell is a good warning. Hell is not salvation. Uh, a fear of hell is not salvation. Sorry. A fear of hell. So, so it would be like, you know, someone saying, well, I'm going to get married because I don't want to be single. Well, who, who are you going to get married to? It doesn't matter. I just don't want to be single. I just want to get married. I just I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be single. It's not even, I just want to get married. There's nothing even positive about it. You would say that's not a marriage. I don't want to be single. It's not a marriage. Yeah. I thought that's why you got married. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I got married because I have an awesome wife. But, she oh, may have you gotten found married. somebody that didn't she, run when yeah. you looked at her. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 I married up, so it's not even just like it wasn't just the last person that didn't run. It was I married well. I took my time and married well. Now her choice, you can judge her. She for has her questionable choice. taste. Yes. In men. Yes, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So, all right. Do you want to? Uh, you want to go one more verse, or do you want to wrap it up and come back? Let's let's do that. Let's wrap it up and come back. All right. Listener, thanks again for uh, joining us for the journey here in uh, John chapter 6. We'll continue in John chapter 6 in the next episode. Until then, God bless.